0: I was walking up to the, the podium now, and I did my own little Ten Commandment boogie. My, my mic fell off. Actually, I, uh, I had suggested to the worship team and to Miss Donna that I could come up with my own Ten Commandment boogie video, but they, uh, they said, no thanks, Dan, <laughs> which I don't blame them, actually, in, in, in hindsight. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please go ahead and open them to Exodus chapter 20. There, there may be some in the the seat in front and the, the back of the seat in front of you. You certainly could pull out your phone and pull up your Bible app and, and view it there. We'll put some passages up on the screen, but uh, I just want to invite us to, to head to Exodus chapter 20, where we are given the Ten Commandments as Moses receives them on top of Mount Sinai. And as a way of reminder, we uh, Miss Margie mentioned this a few moments ago, but God gave us these 10 commandments not as a list of 10 things to do or not do, but as, as a game plan for life, as a, an invitation into the deeper life God has for us as we learn to trust in and depend upon him. You may remember some of the, the Ten Commandments. It's not quite as fun as the, the Ten Commandment boogie, but uh, we have a, a slide that kind of can summarize this for us. Uh, one God, right? We're to have one God. That's God created this world, and it's God alone who does all those things. There is one God for us to, to, to trust in and to follow, and one God to worship. And so the second uh, Ten Commandments, no idols, right? We, the third, honor God's name. Four, remember the Sabbath. Five, honor your parents. No murder, no adultery, no stealing, no giving a false witness, and no coveting. And oftentimes when we read through these Ten Commandments, we, we see them simply for what they are on the surface of the paper. But it's not a two-dimensional law that God has given us. It's, it's full, fully orbed. It's fully covering. It's three-dimensional. There's depth to these commandments that we are trying to understand and to, to dig deeper into. And so uh, we are going to be spending time in that fifth commandment this morning and exploring what it means to honor our parents. Now, the, the first uh, four commandments are really there to focus on our relationship with God. They're, they're that vertical aspect of the Ten Commandments where we are looking to have a healthy relationship with the God who created us. And so those first four commandments really do focus in on what that relationship looks like. But these last six commandments we turn a corner with. In these last six commandments, the the focus of God's law turns more horizontally toward the relationship we have with one another. You know, in the New Testament, there's somewhere over like 50 one another passages about how we are called to live in community with one another. Well, that's not coming out of thin air. That's built off this idea that God has a design, not just for his people to have a relationship with him, but God has a design for a healthy relationship that he invites us into with one another. And so these last six commandments are are focused on God's people having that healthy relationship with other people. Now, uh, this is what Jesus was talking about in the Gospels when, when the lawyer confronts him and says, what must I do to have eternal life? And God, uh, Jesus asks him, well, how do you interpret the law? How do you see what God's law says? And, and, and so the lawyer sum, summarized it like this in Luke 10, 27. He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's those first four commandments for us. And then these last commandments, Six gets summed up with this. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I think when we learn what it means to worship one God and to ruthlessly eliminate idols from our lives, when we, when we learn what it means to honor God's name and to keep the Sabbath holy, then we're, we're actually living in this loving union, this loving relationship with God as his children. We're learning to love the Lord our God. But as we come to this fifth commandment, God's law invites us to examine how we relate to and love one another. And so it begins, uh, and sorry, and so in this, this, uh, these last six commandments, they're an invitation to focus on what it means to, to love our neighbor. And, and, and there's no closer neighbor in our lives than our mothers and our fathers. Right? Ideally, there's no person closer to us in our life. When you're born... There's no one that you're closer to than the one who gave birth to you, than the one who, who, who gave you life. And, and so the law invites us first and foremost to consider what does it mean to love our neighbors by turning to that relationship, which, which ideally is, uh, is our mothers and our fathers. So allow me to read for us from Exodus chapter 20, and uh, I'm just going to read one verse, verse 12. Here's what God's word says. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that your Lord your God, that the Lord your God, is giving you. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Allow me to give thanks for God's word. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for this. Your word is life. Your, your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your your word has the ability to transform our hearts and our minds, to help us to see this world for what it is and and who you are. And so, Lord, we pray that your word would be fruitful in us, and not just us as individuals, but us as a community of faith, a community of followers of Jesus. May your word have its way in us, we pray this morning. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was mentioning, after our relationship with God, there's really no more fundamental relationship in a person's life than a mom and a dad. In the, in the book of Genesis, we're told in the beginning, God created. He created the, the heavens and the earth. God creates in a way with order and creativity and intentionality. He intentionally creates in such a way that, that, that glorifies who he is, that, that, that kind of... Um, Declares to the world who he is as a creator, and it's the same for the law that God has given. If you look closely at the laws, you can you can see the handprint of God's order and His intentionality and His design, even in those laws. I mean, we just mentioned a few moments ago the the order and the intentionality in in those first four those the the primary first four of the Ten Commandments. But then there's intentionality in those. The, the, the remaining six that kind of tell us about other relationships, not just the relationship we have with God, but also the relationship we have with other people. And so after God's law teaches us of our relationship with him, it, it leads us into, to, to consider the intentionality God has for healthy relationships we have on a horizontal level. And, and again, as I said before, there's, there's no one you spend more time with from birth than, and there's no one who plays a more integral role in your life than your mother and your father. Parents teach children how to, how to walk, how to talk, how to brush their teeth, how to get dressed. Well, hopefully they teach them how to brush their teeth. But not all of us have, have done a fabulous job of that. But parents, that was a joke, by the way. Hopefully, I'm, much grace is given for those parents who are not teaching their kids how to brush their teeth their teeth very well. Anyway, a mother and a father are responsible for things, practical things about how people grow and, and how they live in this world, how they survive in this world. But a, but a mother and father are also responsible to teach their children how to relate to other people, how to be good citizens, how to care for others, how to, how to have compassion and empathy. They, they teach them some of the things of the heart for one another in this world. But, but even more important than that, our mothers and fathers together bear the responsibility of shepherding the hearts of their children toward God, to know God, to understand him, to trust in his love and his design and his desire for their life. They have a responsibility to lead their children toward matters of eternity and not just living for this world, right? They're responsible to help their children understand God and to understand his love for them. They're responsible to to, to help our children understand even their own sin, the nature of sin, the the, the way that sin has a a hand on their lives, whether or not they know it, want it, or recognize it, sin has touched their life. And it's up to parents to help illuminate their children's eyes to the reality that there is such a thing as sin that, that has a hold on them more than any teacher, more than any preacher, more than any public figure, a mother and a father lead the way in shepherding their child's life, their whole life, their mind, their body, their soul in the direction of Jesus. It's not the the Sunday school teachers who will disciple your children. We disciple our children. We're responsible for that. The, the, The Sunday school teachers, the leaders, the volunteers in the ministries of the church, play a very important role, a supporting role, in upholding the ministry that's going on at home that that you're responsible for, that I'm responsible for with my own children. But those Sunday school teachers, they're not not the most important figures in your children's life to help them know, trust, and follow Jesus. That's gotta come from you. And so I think it's important that we understand that, that this is God's design. It's, it's actually, and it's important we use this word, it's God's ideal. I know we don't, we don't live up to God's ideal, but it's God's ideal and his design that we might learn to honor our fathers and mothers because it, it reveals something about who God is and, and, and his desire for this world. So the fifth commandment is more than just an important rule to obey, Right? The, the fifth commandment is an important and healthy principle that we are invited to learn to live by, that, that we're learned to trust. There's wisdom in it. I don't know if you've ever witnessed a, a, a grapevine growing, but it doesn't just grow up out of the ground and, and climb toward the sky and bear lots of fruit a grapevine actually needs something to grow on. It needs a post or a rope or, or, or something else to help it grow up toward the light and to gather in the nutrients it needs so that it might be fruitful and bear fruit. It, it, it needs something of a principle to grow on, right? And so it is with each and every human being. We're not born knowing how to, how, how to put on our shoes or how to, how to get dressed or how to brush our teeth. We're not born knowing how to show love and compassion to another. We're not born knowing the God who created us and his truth for us and his love for us and the things he's done to redeem us and to capture us and to, 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 to lead us home to be with him. See, we've been created to grow under the watchful and careful eyes of our mothers and fathers who raise us up in the direction of our creator so that we might know him more and bear fruitful lives in in keeping with the life he created us for. So so the fifth commandment highlights for us, for God's people, the most important human relationship that he's given us in this world after our relationship with him. And the word that God uses to characterize that relationship is honor. Honor. Honor your father and your mother. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, okay, okay, obey my parents, blah, blah, blah. This is one of those moments where you're like, come on, kids, let's get the kids back in here and make sure that they hear the pastor say that they're supposed to obey their parents. But here's the thing. If this commandment is only about obeying our parents, well, the sermon would be over quickly. And maybe some of you want that to be the case, but it's not gonna be the case, right? When we're children living under the care and provision of our parents, we obey them because when we obey them, we stay alive, right? We have food on our plates. We know not to go play in the street. When we learn to trust our parents and obey them, we find that that leads to life and not death. And that's good. That's the most natural way for us to live under the, the, the trusting care of another, the, the one that God has given authority over our lives. But honoring my mother and father is, is more than just submitting to or respecting or being subject to their authority in my life. I think that's too simple of an understanding of the fifth commandment for us. If that were the case, mind you, think of apply this to marriages. If that were the case, then the fifth commandment would really no longer be relevant once a young person reaches the age of accountability and is considered an adult. if if honoring my my father and my mother means I have to obey them my whole life, well guess what, my marriage is gonna get messy because I'm gonna be under the authority and the obedience of being obedient to my parents, my wife's gonna be obedient to her parents. How are we supposed to be unified as one flesh? How are we supposed to be united as one as God has designed it? That's why in Genesis we're, we're taught that a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two are to become one flesh. See, I think at a certain point, we mature. And we no longer see this commandment as just being required to obey our parents, as we did when we were children. But guess what? We never stop honoring our parents. It's more than obedience. It's more than being subject to their authority. See, the, the fifth commandment isn't a commandment that's meant just for those who are still living in their parents' house or, or aren't yet married. It's not for the, the, the group of children we had down front, then we could dismiss them, and then we'll skip the fifth commandment and move on to the sixth. The fifth commandment is part of, remember, the whole of the ten commandments that are given to who? The whole nation of Israel, right? We're not like, here, you, you guys over here, you're you know these first few commandments they fit your life so we'll let those commandments rule over you and then then these commandments over here this will work for this group over here no the the whole of the 10 commandments are for all the people of god they apply to and and have meaning for all of us so if honoring my mother and father doesn't mean just obeying them well then what does it mean the word honor actually means to make something a priority in your life, to, to give precedence to it. it. It means to kind of respect it as an authority, as a, a source of wisdom and truth and, and, a, and a well of, of life and wisdom that you turn to. And so young or old, we're to give precedence and priority to our parents and learn what, it, what subjection to them looks like. It doesn't look the same when we were younger as when we we're older, but we still learn to live honoring our parents as a source of wisdom and truth and God's love for us. So I think to honor someone is to respect them, it's to care about what they have to say, to, to give their input weight and significant in, significance in our lives, right? To honor someone is not to think that they're just some old, outdated, fuddy-duddy with nothing to add to my life, right? I mean, you, you, it's to treasure them. To, to, to honor our mothers and our fathers is to treasure them, to treasure their wisdom and their insight that they can give us. Even if the world they're living in is vastly different from the world they grew up in, They have value and significance and meaning in our lives. And so what this commandment really boils down to is that honoring our fathers and mothers invites us to submit to their authority. Not just as you might when you were a little kid, but throughout all of your life. Now that word is a nasty word in our world, unless we're the subject of it, right? If it's our own authority we're talking about, then that's okay. Yeah, we like that word. But if it's other people's authority, if it's inviting us to consider what it means to live in subjection to someone else or to submit to someone else's authority, then it becomes this ugly, nasty word that no one wants to have anything to do with. And guess what? I get it, right? I understand it. A lot of people have been hurt by or disappointed by those who are in authority over them. Time and time again, we hear stories of people who struggle to trust anyone else because the people they have trust in their lives have let them down, have disappointed, more than let them down, have hurt them, right? We have lots of examples of, of bad authority figures or, or strong personalities that, that overshadow all the people that they're responsible for as an authority figure. Guess what? That's not the authority that God is talking about. And so just because we've had bad experiences with authority doesn't mean being under the authority of another is a bad thing. Hear me when I say that, because I think we're kind of at that place in our world where we've written off our relationship with authority figures, where where we've become our own authority. And maybe this is a thing that's been throughout the Bible all along, throughout the history of mankind, I mean, I've said this a number of times. One of my favorite passages is at the end of the book of Judges, where it says, in those days there was no king, and everyone did what was right in their own mind, right? In other words, in those days, there really was no authority. Everyone was their own authority, right? And I think sometimes when when we live within the church, we, we skirt this issue by saying, well, God's word is my authority. Well... I don't think that's really embracing the fullness of what God's inviting us into here with this fifth commandment. Listen, we have bad experiences in this world with authority. That's, that's the truth of it. We've had bad experiences with authority. But that doesn't mean being under the authority of another is a bad thing. Church, we can't define our understanding of God's ideal from our own experiences in this broken world, right? When we think about what God invites us into, we cannot interpret his ideal through the lenses of our own experiences. Because if we start there, God's ideal will never be realized. Because our experiences in this broken world are anything but ideal. See, we've been created, God's ideal teaches us we've been created to trust in and to to depend upon another, namely him. Just look back at the, the story of creation and you'll see. After God creates man and woman, he tells them, I have given you every green plant for food. In other words, God is the giver of life. God is the provider of our every need. That's who God is as we learn to come to him and trust him and receive from his hand. That's who we are. We're those people who live in subjection of God and in doing so, it's not an an offensive or um, a heavy burden that weighs us down and enslaves us to, to our work and our labor. It's a place of life where we receive everything good from his hand. That's God's ideal. We've been designed to receive wisdom and care and provision from him. And so the fifth commandment is that tool that God has given his people. It's meant to teach us what it means to live in submission, what it means to to, to live in such a way that's ideally safest and most natural, I'm sorry, to, to learn submission in the place that is most natural to us, the safest, or the place that's meant to be the safest for us to learn, are homes. And all of this so that we might learn to trust in and depend on God Himself. As a child, you grow up, you spend most of your life, if not all of your life, with your mother and your father. And that relationship is meant to be that place where you learn that God is trustworthy, that God desires to pour out his love and his care and provision in your life, just as a mother and a father are meant to pour out love and provision and care in your life. So again, this this fifth commandment is here. It's, It's meaningful. It's valuable because it teaches us what it means to trust in the authority of God over our lives and his desire to provide for us. So, why should we honor our mother and our father? Well, first and foremost, as I've said a number of times already, we honor our father and mother because our parents are naturally the people we spend the most time with. They're the ones who give us care and provision, protect us, provide a roof over our heads, right? But also, From a theological standpoint, our parents are our most primary human relationship that represents the Lord to us. As human beings, we were never meant to live completely in isolation or independently. We were created for relationship with God who provides for our every need as as we trust in him and depend on him. And if Israel could learn to trust God by obeying their covenant with God, they had a decent chance of living long in the land that God was promising to them. That's why he, we're told in Exodus 20, verse 12, that, that uh, Israel's to honor their mothers and their fathers so that they may live long in the land the Lord their God is giving them. Learning to honor their parents teaches them and trains them what it looks like it means to honor and trust in and depend upon God himself. See, God wasn't, as he's leading Israel through the wilderness, out of slavery into the wilderness and to the promised land, he's not doing that just to lead Israel to the front doorsteps to the promised land and then just releasing them into the land like you might release a rehabilitated bald eagle into the wild. He's not just saying, okay, here's your land, go free. Go have at it. No, he's leading them into the land where God would continue to care for them, where he'd continue to be faithful to fulfill his promises of provision and life. But for this to work, for God's people to live faithfully and fruitfully in his kingdom, they had to learn to trust and depend upon him through honoring him and obeying him. And so the one relationship that could truly help them learn trust and dependence while they're preparing to enter into this promised land was the relationship between a child and their mother and father. See, these these parents were and are the chief representatives of the Lord to their families. And the same is true today. Our mothers and fathers were meant to represent God to us. Our mothers and fathers were meant to teach us what it looks like to to trust in the authorities over our lives. And as mothers and fathers, we are meant to be the Lord's representatives in the lives of our children. Guess what? If you have children, there is no one that's going to show them Jesus more than you. And so it's through our mothers and our fathers that God intends to pour out His grace and His love on the children so that they too may know God themselves. Mothers and fathers are representatives. When I was a youth pastor, before taking our teens on the trip, I mean, there's a lot of rules you have to go through with the teens before you take them on a trip. But one rule that I I like to highlight with them was that they're going to be representatives of our faith community. Whether these kids grew up in our church and attended our church or they were just joining as a friend uh, who was in our church and they're just coming with us and exploring what the youth group was all about, we were all going to represent the church. Because when we went out in public, they are going to say that group is from Trinity Baptist Church, Right? And so this rule that I kind of highlighted for them was that that as representatives of our faith community, I expected them to behave in a way that positively reflected who our church community was, right? I I wanted people outside of our faith community to have a taste of God's love through their experience with our group. I I wanted people outside of our faith community to know who God was, because of their time interacting with our youth. And if we were poor representatives of the values of our church, then then they wouldn't truly know who it was that we've gathered to worship and to praise and to follow and to trust and obey. See, parents, parents are representatives of the Lord, and in honoring them, we learn what it means to honor and obey the Lord. But if I can pause for a moment. If I can be clear for a moment. The honor that is given to our mothers and fathers is not because they've earned it. Is not because they're worthy of it. The fifth commandment isn't telling us to honor our fathers and mothers because they've done a good job caring for us and they deserve to be honored. The commandment to honor our fathers and mothers is given to us regardless of whether or not they're worthy of it. We obey the fifth commandment because they're the human representatives through which God wants us to learn obedience, submission, and subjection. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've really struggled with this this commandment this week. I mean, partially because I, I, I have to live my life in two directions with this commandment. Not just thinking about how am I being a representative for my children, but also I, I have two parents. I have a mother and a father that I, that I also have to live this commandment uh, in, in their direction as well. But more than that, I've struggled with this commandment because studying the fifth commandment through 21st century lenses is really hard. Because things have gotten so far from God's ideal, Right? I, I think about us as a faith community when I think about this text. And I think there are a number of us that, 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 have, been, that have grown up not knowing God's ideal for the family. There are a number of us that, that have grown up without necessarily having both parents in our lives to invest in us. Or maybe we have had both parents in our lives, but they haven't necessarily been representatives of the Lord in such a way that, that, that we saw Jesus. Many of us have stories of, of, of broken families that, that don't relate to what God is inviting us into in this fifth commandment. We have stories of, of an excellent mother, but dad wasn't in the picture. Some of us had an excellent dad, but mom wasn't present. Again, worse yet, some of us had to endure the physical and emotional abuse of a, of a mom or a dad, and, and this alone makes it near impossible to envision who God is because our experiences with that sort of authority figure in this world is so warped and broken by sin. See, for a number of us, the representatives that the Lord put in our lives were heavily insufficient to show us Jesus. Now, if this is you, and if I've been describing your story, please hear me when I say this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I don't believe that what you had a chance to see is God's ideal for you, it was God's intention in giving you a mother and a father. See, your parents didn't reflect the image of God to you, instead they exposed the effect of sin and the life that's the result of turning away from God. But if you'll allow me just a few moments, I'd like to share with you who I believe God to be. God is steadfast in his love for you. God is patient and kind in in, in disciplining his children. If you had a, 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 a poor experience with experiencing discipline in your home growing up, then you need to know that God disciplines out of kindness and love not out of retribution or anger, but because he knows there is better for you if you can learn what it means to trust him and obey him and follow him into that life. God rejoices over his children with gladness. He quiets his children with his love. He exults over you with loud singing. God is merciful and forgiving, and he desires for you to know him this way. And guess what? If you had a a poor example of that kind of character of God growing up, don't despair because that will not stop God from revealing himself to you. God is still doing those things and revealing himself to you. God has not changed and he still desires for you to know him in that way and trust him in that way. In Psalm 68, uh, David describes God like this in verses 5 to 6. God is the the father of the fatherless and protector of widows. Is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home, and he leads out the prisoners to to prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Church, these are all true things that God, about our God as communicated to us through the Scriptures. God settles the solitary in the home. You may feel like you are fatherless or motherless, but you are not if you will only trust the truth of God. These are all true things about God as communicated to us through the Scriptures. And, and, and we believe, again, church, we believe that all of the scriptures have been breathed out by God. They've been given to us from his very essence for our teaching and our reproof and our training in and, and righteousness. This is who our mothers and fathers are meant to be representatives of. This is who we are meant to represent then as mothers and fathers of the children God has blessed us with. And guess what? Your children may be grown adults, it's not too late to represent who Christ is to them. You, you cannot think that that ship has sailed because they become adults. You can still be, you will always be their primary representative of God in their life. They will never have another mother or a father. There will never be someone else who can stand in their life in the way that God has called a mother and a father to. And so church, this is the God he wants you to know. And so no matter how great or poor a job your parents did in representing to him, him to you, no matter how great or poor a job you feel you did, God is going to reveal himself to you or to your children. This fifth commandment is here in the Ten Commandments to train us up, to learn what it means to trust in in an authority beyond ourselves. It It should encourage us to know that God is in the business of making himself known to us. And so when we can learn to honor, to give priority to, To give precedence to the parents he's given us in our life, no matter how worthy or unworthy of honor they are, we are learning to live in the land, depending upon God, trusting in his care and his provision, learning to live in subjection to his authority. So, this morning, we've talked about honor, we've talked about obedience. But more than this, we've talked about the God who desires to be fully known by his people. And by that, I, I mean not just have like a list of, of information about him, but of people who fully trust in him and obey him and, and live in submission to him. See, when we learn to obey the fifth commandment, we're learning to know and love God through the lenses of loving others. First and foremost, it's our parents. So I want to make it clear, the fifth commandment really does, it applies to all of us here in this room. Even if you have no children of your own, you are a child of a mother and a father. Even if your parents have already gone on to be with the Lord, you can still honor them in how you remember them and speak of them. Pastor Moses did it last week when he shared his testimony with us. When when he was able to honor the faith of his mother and father that they passed on to him, that's recognizing the the gifts that he's received from his parents. And it's learning to recognize at all times the gifts and the blessing and the life that we receive from the hand of God. So when we honor our fathers and mothers, we're, we're learning to live for eternity with the Lord. Trusting in his care and trusting in his provision and depending upon him through our obedience of him. So Trinity, this morning, I'm going to wrap up here with this. Honor your father and mother that we might learn to live this day as a practice for eternity by trusting in and depending upon the Lord. Let me pray, Heavenly Father. We just uh, we thank you for your word, and Lord, I, I pray this morning uh, that you would that you wouldn't leave us here with the fifth commandment and uh, and then we move on to the sixth. Lord, continue to reveal to us what you're speaking and saying to us through this relationship you've given us. Some, with, uh, some have a, a broken relationship with our mothers and our fathers. Some of us feel like we have a broken relationship with our children. But Lord, you are bigger than that. You are greater than that brokenness. You continue to want us to know you more fully, to know your love and your grace, and I believe you will do that as we look to you and trust in you to redeem these relationships. And so, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts to give us a vision for those kinds of relationships again where, where, we, can, where we can represent the Lord to our children and where we, can, where we can honor our mother and father, whether or not they're worthy of honor, and in doing so, might know you more fully, God. So, Lord, have your way in us, we pray.